When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30, Chad. Golfed out by Drysaddle. Settled by Krejci. McQuaid with a turnover, and here come the Oilers. Drysaddle stays onside with McDavid. Heads for the net. Rich shot. Score! 6-3 Edmonton. Drysaddle with his 24th of the year. A Bruins bashing tonight by the Edmonton Oilers. They score seven for the second straight night. The final this evening, 7-4. Edmonton scoring seven goals in back-to-back home games for the first time since December of 1988. Maroon guard had started with two goals in the first five and a half minutes. The Oilers led 3-0 before the game was eight and a half minutes old. I mean, Boston did not go away in this one, but the Oilers simply the better team tonight, and they win their second straight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10-10. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perantis Team Broadcast Center. And hey... Might as well tell you to do it right away. Go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. You can do that whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Well, all the feasting tonight was done by the offensive players, Rob, really on both sides of the puck, but the Oilers, you know, got that lead, made it a big hill for Boston to climb back, and, and the Oilers finished a lot of their opportunities. Yeah, execution was there tonight. Uh, we When the Oilers went through the span where they had, what, four goals in three games, and, and fans were wondering if we should change lines, or what's going on, and what's wrong with the offense, we just said a lot of the, the chances are still there. Just the execution around the net hasn't been. And tonight, the execution was there, and everything the Oilers touched turned to gold. Uh, guys going to the going to the, the when the Oilers were struggling, Todd McClellan ran practice and talked about practice. We got to get to the ugly areas. We got to get in front of the goalies. We got to go for rebounds. And if you start watching the last two games, 14 goals. How many goals were were created by guys driving the net, guys screening the goaltender? guys tipping pucks in front or just crowds being around the goaltender and the Oilers are doing a very good job of that now and they're doing it from top to bottom not just their, their big guys are going to the net everybody is and that's why they're having success Connor McDavid gets three assists we talked on the face-off show that he hadn't had an assist in four games so he does break out with that Brad Marchand gets a goal and two assists so they are tied for the NHL scoring lead it was a three-way tie coming in tonight but Patrick Kane, just a, a weak effort. He only gets a point. <laughs> so he falls two behind Marchand uh, and McDavid. But, I mean, all, all joking aside, that's a pretty cool race with Crosby, Malkin, Baxter, and Burns all hanging around. Shifley up over 70 points as well. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl gets three points. He is now up to 61 on the season. He passes Marco Sturm for the most points ever in a season by a German-born player. So there's a little side note as well. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. The seven goals means a $175 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. The total for the year now over $5,000. And you can follow it again on that Oilers page on 630Ched. Com. The goal by Slepeshev in the final minute of the first period to make it 4-2. I mean, I did, it doesn't turn out to be the winner, 
but but a huge goal at the time because Boston was. I, I don't. I don't think Boston ever went away in this game, but they were really starting to fight back at that point. Well, the way the game started, you know, two early goals, and okay, then all of a sudden, let's go downstairs. Here's head coach Todd McClellan live. Talk about the start for your team and how they've been better the last. Well, the start was was huge. They are a team that usually comes out and imposes their will on on the opposition, and for us to get those three real quick. Um, set us up for the rest of the night. Um, gave us a little momentum, got them on their heels, made them adjust uh, a little bit lines and combinations. So uh, we're happy with that. And you know, to put back-to-back -back games up uh, seven spots doesn't happen very often. I didn't think that would happen this morning, uh, but it's nice. The game itself, um, you know, those games can become frustrating sometimes because you you want your guys to be perfect. And um, sometimes when you get seven, they get a little leaky, uh, but they, uh, they stuck with it. I thought we had a good third. Can you talk about your new line, that third line with Day <coughs> and Cassian and just seemingly getting better every game? Yeah, um, Pooh's getting his confidence back. Um, Davey's comfortable here now. He's understanding uh, how we want to play and he, and he fits our group well and Cass's speed and physicality. So the three, Ingredients make a, a pretty good line. Todd, you haven't, uh, or you got 14 in the last two games, but it, it all hasn't come from Connor and or the first line. Uh, how important is that going to be for your team in the days ahead? Well, it's it's important now. It'll be important in, down the stretch to know that um, there's others that can step up and get it done, and you know different power play units, um, different lines, uh, unusual suspects, if you want to call them that. They've been able to find a way to to contribute and um, takes a little pressure off Connor, Leon, um, you know, and Patty, that line. So we're, we're happy for, uh, for the group. Todd, that's five goals in two games for Maroon against Boston. I guess you'd like to see Boston a little more often for Maroon's sake. And they were all over him in the first period. He scored, they wanted to fight him. Uh, it was a pretty strong first period by him. Yeah, he's had, uh, he's had a pretty good run against the Bruins. Um, he has the ability as a big man to play against that team and he's got a lot of courage a lot of strength good sense of um of space when it when there's big people around him and he, he did a tremendous job i think his son anthony's in town every time he's in town uh he gets going on a streak so we may have to enroll him in an elementary school here and just keep him in the city okay good night Oilers head coach Todd McClellan for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Oilers beat the Boston Bruins 7-4. Patrick Maroon, I mean, five goals in two games against the Bruins. He had a hat trick back in January. They were trying to get him the empty netter. He was out for almost the final two minutes there. He actually took a high stick from Tory Krug that was that was missed as, as he was handling the puck through to, through the neutral zone. But he was he was involved. That, and I mean, even if he hadn't scored those two goals, Maroon was a player you noticed tonight. He was very effective. That that line was, and a lot of that line isn't just on Connor McDavid and his speed. There's other aspects that make that line successful. Uh, you know, the, the, the vision of a Leon Dreisaitl, the, the goal that Slepeshev scored, Leon doesn't get an assist on that goal, but he made a 
90-foot pass from his just up uh, from his goal line hits Nurse flying up the ice. That gets them out into the offensive zone very quickly. They create it. They get a goal. Then you add Ma Patty Maroon. He brings the physicality, drives the net, brings a little bit of swagger to that line. And sometimes when you have skilled players, the opposition tries to to intimidate, tries to push them around, uh, get into their face, get them out of their game. But when you have a guy like Patty Maroon on the line, who's there driving that line, getting in the face of the opposition, it, it tends to back them off a bit. And then when they back off a McDavid and they back off a Drysaddle, it just it, you're just looking for trouble because those two with time with time and space are so effective. All right, 7-4 and Oilers win over Boston, 780-496-0063. We have Rocket to kick off the calls tonight. Rocket, great to hear from you. What's going on? Well, if you uh, go back to your text messaging logs at 655 read, I texted in that the Oilers would get five and light the Japanese village. And you did it against the Dallas Stars, and I just did it against... Uh, the Boston Bruins. So I had to one up you, Reed. That's great, but yeah, I see the text. Uh, Reed, oil get five goals. There you are, buddy. Good call. <laughs> I didn't expect it tonight. I mean, Rob and I were talking before the game. I thought this was going to be a grinded out 3 2, somebody make a key play in the third period, but it was totally the opposite. Yeah, I just had a feeling that uh, Boston, I love when the Edmonton Oilers play Boston, and I I just had a feeling that they were going to come out and do exactly what they did, and they did. And it was uh, it was a hell of a hockey game to watch, and and a, and a big two points when you're you're fighting for uh, positioning now in my eyes for uh, for the playoffs and not just the playoff spot. Yeah, and we'll keep an eye on the LA game tonight. We actually are uh, watching it here. No scoring after two between the Sabers and the Kings. The Oilers' magic number in points goes down to 17. So that's a combination of points the Oilers get and the Kings don't get. By the way, and thanks for calling Rocket, the Kings out shooting the Sabres 25-11 after two, but nobody's able to score yet. So yeah, and another, you know, they're all important at this point of year. You want to clinch a spot and then you also want to worry about finishing as high as possible in case you need that game seven on home ice. Anaheim, Edmonton, Calgary, all with 70 games played. Points, Anaheim 84, Edmonton 83, Calgary 82. Yeah, it's going to go right down to the wire. Uh, every game uh, is going to mean jumping up or falling down in the standings. I, I truly think that the Oilers' chances of moving on past the first round greatly increase if they play as a sec as a two or three seed in the first round, not having to go through a Chicago, not having to go through a San Jose. So I think that's what's so important about this playoff position that the Oilers right now are going after. So uh, a big win on home ice against the, the Boston Bruins sets up hopefully a good finish to this homestand. The three stars tonight, Maroon, the first star, McDavid, second star, his co-leading scorer in the NHL, Brad Marchand, the third star, our fourth star of the game, presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Uh, a few options. We can each pick a guy. I mean, with three points, and I mentioned the uh, the record for most points in a season by a German-born player, I'm going to give it to Leon Dreisaitl. Well, I, I, would, I would too. I thought Leon was outstanding again tonight. Uh, it, it was funny that on his goal, 
he, all he wanted to do was give the puck to Connor McDavid the whole way in. They just let him go straight to the net. He's always looking to make the play first, but when he puts the puck on net, he does have a heavy shot as well. I thought he was excellent tonight as well. Just about everybody on the Edmonton Oilers was. 7-4. The Oilers win it. They led 4-2 after the first period. 780-496-0063. We have Cole on the line. Cole, thank you very much for calling. Hey, Reed, Rob. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Good, good. Hey, I just had a couple quick comments. I wanted to say how I thought Slepchev played pretty good on the first line when Maroon was in the penalty box. I thought he was a, a good fit in there. And my second quick comment for you guys is how nice was it to beat the beat the team that ended Calgary's winning streak? So I just, I just thought I'd throw that in there. I don't know if anyone's told you that. Or well, not, it's funny. We have one caller that's called a few times, and he always wonders why Calgary kicks the heck out of teams and then they come in and beat up on the Edmonton Oilers well this was the opposite as the Boston Bruins ended a big streak in Calgary then came to to Edmonton and Edmonton laid a whooping on them uh Slepeshev I thought played very well and we talked about it Reed and I at the end of one period how players when they get the opportunity they have to take advantage of it and Slepeshev with Maroon in the penalty box got a chance to play on the first line and he looked good. He went out there, went to the net. I, I, th I think he's gaining more confidence. He's, never, he's not going to be a guy, unless there's an injury, that's going to get 15 to, to 20 minutes a, a game this year. But with the minutes that he's getting, he, he, he's doing the right things. He, he looks confident with the puck. He's throwing the puck on it. He's, we've talked about it a lot. He's got an absolute howitzer of a shot, a heavy, heavy shot. Now one in the second period. Yeah. He just hit the net. That's probably in. I mean, well, what a shot. The, the aim sometimes might be a little off, but he, <laughs> he's got a bomb. So, uh, no, it bodes well for the Oilers when their depth players can step up and, and do big things in hockey games, and tonight Slepeshev did. All right, if you're on hold, we will get to you right away, but we want to go back downstairs. Boston is still doing very well lately, 12-4 and four under interim head coach Bruce Cassidy. Here he is for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Tonight, do you think you can come back in the third? Well, we certainly had designs of doing that. Uh, you know, it's against a good club. You're probably not going to. Uh, but, you know, we, we talked about that between periods, that especially coming out on the power play. The both power plays where we're clicking today. Uh, if we could have got one there, who knows? Didn't happen. Um, uh, so that you know, it, it probably got we got the result we deserved at the end of the day, um, and we move on. Third game in four nights. You probably expected you need some saves early on. You didn't get them. Was that disappointing for you? Yeah, we needed saves early and late and in between. Uh, you're playing a good, a good, a good team. Um, we didn't. The things we broke down on tonight, we've generally done a good job this year. If you watched us for the first time, you'd look at it and say, geez, their slot coverage must be awful and their penalty kill must be awful, but it's two of the best things in the league. So they just happened to let us down tonight. Uh, we've done a great job in those areas for, for, for the, the whole season. So that's going to happen. Um, so I, I put it on the group. I'm not going to nitpick about the goaltending. Um, you know, they finished well in front of our net. We, we can't give up those opportunities. I thought we had some chances in front of their net. We could have finished better on um, when the game was still in the balance, and, and it didn't happen. <clears throat> A lot of coaches would have pulled the goalie after the period and four goals. You didn't. What were you thinking there? Well, we want Tuca to, to allow him to play through it. We Anton played last night. Uh, Tuca was certainly rested. It's a 4-2 game. I, I thought our team had enough in us to... To fight back and, and get in the game, so we want Tuka to have that opportunity. Plain and simple, it didn't happen. 
home goalie at, at the end of the game? Was there a message in that at all, of not giving up? Or well, yeah, you never know. You just don't know. I mean, our team can score goals, so why not? Uh, and then we're in their end for for a couple of minutes. They keep icing it, so you might as well leave them out then. Um, you know, even though you know it's a long shot, let's face it. But again, we're 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 gonna try to play the, the the situation in front of us, and that's what we tried to do. And uh, and you know it didn't work out. We clearly were hoping maybe you get one, and you know it snowballs. But that generally is not going to happen. But give it a shot. Bruce Cassidy, the interim head coach of the Boston Bruins. The Oilers jumped out to a 3-0 lead before the game was nine minutes old. They beat Boston 7-4. You know, we said we weren't going to see a goaltending performance like the other night. We were right. In fact, we saw one that was worse. The Oilers got five goals on their first 20 shots to get Niemi hooked. The other game, they get five on their first 17 tonight to get Rask out of the game, and Kadobin came in the rest of the way. So the Oilers uh, improved to 37-24-9 on the season. And uh, just talking standing-wise, over-wise, as well, they pass Boston as well as Calgary in the overall standings to move into 11th overall. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Colin into the show. Colin, good to hear from you. Go ahead, man. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Um, wanted to comment on the, the goalie taking his mask off. I didn't see the replay on the first one, but the second one, it looked like nobody was around him. We were just putting lots of, lots of zone time in on their end, lots of pressure, and he just took it off. No, that, it, that to me should have been delay a game. No, the strap came undone. That's why he took it off. As soon as a goalie strap comes done on his helmet, you'll see them either flip it off with their head or they pull it off with their hand just because of the danger. If someone takes a shot and his helmet isn't firmly on, we're talking uh, serious problems. So as soon as the strap comes undone, they can feel it because all of a sudden it feels loose on their head, and then they'll take it off to let the ref know that they need a whistle to fix their, the strap and to fix their mask. All right, you can also text us at 630-630. The Phantom says, Hi, fellas, do you think Brassois gets a start next game against the Canucks? I do not. Uh, This texter says, Why did McClellan put McDavid out for the draw on a 5-on-3 at the end of the second period? He's not that strong in the circle and not the best penalty killer. Well, I first of all, anytime you want to put McDavid out, I think is a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never to question on a 5-on-3, his speed. On a five-on-three, it puts the fear into the other team. Um, I'd have to go or, back and look who was out on the ice before that, too. Yeah, if I can't remember. I, I, honestly, I don't remember the play either. I'm just thinking that I don't think there's ever, ever a wrong time to put Connor McDavid on the ice. I mean, Latestu was probably out on the previous unit killing the penalty. I'm not sure who he would have been with. But, yeah, I think speed is the is the big thing there for sure. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Cam onto the show here before we take a brick, uh, quick break for the 1030 News. Cam, go ahead, man. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're great. Yeah, I guess. So just a few observations. Um, I thought Benning was good. And... Uh, he gets it. He really is. I, I saw when he when he went after Marchand, uh, I think he had a memory of what Marchand did with Nugent Hopkins. So that's pretty impressive for a young guy. Um, Slepashev, to me, is just worlds above what a fourth-line guy should be. So, I mean, I think he's a guy that you really have to milk. I thought Kajula really struggled tonight, really struggled. Um Chara at three, three zip. I thought he got in our heads a little bit, and uh, 
I'm glad that, that you know, they came back and, and bounced back and went after him because uh, I thought that he had gotten into the kitchen a little bit. The other thing I was going to say is past Bruins teams would have rolled this team over if they were down like that. So uh, it's so nice to not be soft. The other thing I was going to say, and I was just going to ask this question, Rob, if you could maybe remember after the break, there's a lot of codes in hockey, and there, you know, you and I both know there's just multiple codes for why a team snaps or twists off. Why don't teams twist off when they're down and the other team continues to play their star players with an empty net? I've, I've always wondered about that. What, why they don't twist off? Yeah, just, I mean, why wouldn't Boston lose it a little bit with McDavid being out there? And does it almost become a little bit of a circus at the end there? You think that they should have run McDavid? No, no, I just mean, why wouldn't they, you know, how there's that code sort of thing where, you know, teams get PO'd when a team's running up the score or whatever. Why they wouldn't, it just seems like it's an accepted norm in hockey that you can run your star players even when you're up like that. So is it is it just something that you just, part of the code is you just play your best players in that situation no matter what, or do you pull them off and let some younger guys go out there? What's what's what usually happens? Well, to, to me, I, the Oilers rolled four lines. They weren't running up the score. I mean, it was a three-goal game, so a 3 nothing game isn't a running up the goal uh, the score, so a 7-4 game wouldn't. The reason everyone on the Boston Bruins knew why Connor McDavid was out there at the end, it was to try and get Patrick Maroon a hat-trick. And if the Boston Bruins were, it was the opposite, and the Boston Bruins had a lead, and they were trying to get someone a hat-trick, it's understandable. So uh, I no one... These are two playoff-bound hockey clubs. They're not going to do anything stupid at the end of a hockey game that would put any of their players in jeopardy of missing games uh, coming down the stretch. So uh, I I don't see why anyone would go after. I mean, McDavid is as honest a hockey player as you've got, so I don't think anyone's going to go do anything silly at, against him simply because it's not deserved. Oilers win 7-4 over the Boston Bruins. More open line time, more post-game reaction. You'll hear from Patrick Maroon, who had two tonight. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Live Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Marsh and in front, back door. What title? What save? Talbot on trade G. How did Marshan squeak that one through? Talbot made some pretty good stops tonight. That's his save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Cam Talbot gets his 35th win of the season. That is the most by an Oilers goaltender since Tommy Salo won 36 in 2000-2001. Oilers win 7-4 over the Boston Bruins. Quickly, Rob, Cam also, uh, our caller Cam brought up that he didn't think uh, Drake Kajula had a, a strong game tonight. What did you think? I thought he was good. I, I, I did. I think in limited ice time, uh, he scored... He scored. Did he score the one goal? They well, gave, they, they gave, gave it to Newton Hopkins. He got he, an assist. He made the play out of the corner, and uh, I mean, he, he's not... He's not on a line that's going to allow him to be an all-skilled player. He's on a fourth line that works hard, and he's got some power play time, had a couple of good opportunities on the one power play. 
I thought he was fine. I, th I, I don't know if I can look at anyone on the Oilers lineup today and say that they, they didn't have a good game. It, it was a strong game. And one of, the, one of the comments was they thought Benning had a good game. Again tonight, so last game, the Oilers' third pairing, Nurse and Benning were plus four and plus three. Tonight they were plus three and plus two. If your third pairing defenseman can be plus and then multiple plus in a hockey game, that bodes well for you winning hockey games. So I, I thought the Oilers top to bottom, it was a very, very good game against a very good Boston Bruin team. 780-496-0063. We'll go to the phone lines and bring in Robert to overtime open line. Good evening, Robert. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. Good day. Good, uh, good game again tonight. I just had a, uh, uh, I just had a couple thoughts. Uh, you know, do you think, uh, think the uh, the uh, 14 goal outburst over over a two game span is surprising, or is it, or or is it just something that that the Oilers are capable of doing? I think it's both. I think any time a team scores seven in the NHL, it's surprising because it's a 3-2 league and, and you don't see it often. But I also think it shows what the, the, the Oilers are capable of doing. Um, I, I think that teams are, are a little fearful of getting into a track meet with the Oilers. I think that they know they got a first line that's as good as any in the league, but they also got the Oilers' second line used to be more or less their first line. Nugent Hopkins and Everly were first-line players, and they've added Lucic, who was a first-line player. So the, the, the players that have struggled at times for the Oilers are now playing not better than they should or better than they can, they're just playing to their to their potential. The new second line is now playing the way they expected them to be. Pouliot, the last few games since he's come back from injury, is playing like you expected him to be. Uh, Dayarnay, who's playing very well for the Oilers since the trade, is playing how Montreal had expected him to play. So I think that the Oilers right now aren't overachieving. I think they're just now the players that had struggled have now play are playing to where they were expected to play, and the players who have been good all years long are, are, are just continuing to be good. Uh, yeah, no, my uh, my second thought on the game tonight is uh, is, uh, is uh, regarding uh, regarding McDavid and Maroon and um, Maroon two goals, McDavid three assists. Uh, you know, do you think uh, you think uh, those two? those two will stay, will stay on the same line for the rest of the season? I honestly believe that the way the Oilers have their line set up right now uh, is how the, it will continue for the remainder of the year, and I think it is the, the best that they can do. I think this is the lines that make them the most successful. I don't expect anything to change other than possibly on the fourth line, rotation. a guy come in and out, yep. rotation. But I expect the top three lines, this is how they want them to be. And as long as they continue to play the way they are, I would expect them to roll this way through the rest of the season. Yeah, we should mention as well, Benoit Pouliot scores for the second straight game tonight. David Deharnay picks up an assist. He had 10 points in 31 games with the Canadians. He has four points in six games with the Oilers. And, and I mean, Pouliot, give Pouliot credit for going to the net, to going where you have to go to score goals, but what a play by Dayarnay on that. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he made that play. He came in, he had nothing, he kept the play alive, kept the play alive, and then a fantastic pass to a falling Pouliot. Dayarnay, uh, when he has the puck on his stick, I believe all his confidence is back right now. He looks dangerous every time he touches the puck. And Patrick Maroon, two goals early in this one to pace the Oilers to a 7-4 win. His reaction for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Is that what you said? No. Oh. 
Well, Patty, it seemed like one of those tug-of-war games. Whenever they sort of got close, you guys just seemed to find a way to pull away and eventually secure the win. Yeah, I thought our the start, we wanted a good start, and we talked about a good start, and I thought we had a really good start. Our power play got one there, and then we got another one there, so I thought, and then certainly got another one. So we had a really good start, and we talked about that, and the guys came here, and they played hard. You know, the first 20 minutes of that first period was really strong for us. Looked like you're almost looking to dish rather than shoot for the empty net a few times. Yeah, I was, and then <laughs> someone needs to teach me how to shoot on an empty net because I certainly don't. I'm usually not out there when the empty net's out there, so there's something new for me. <laughs> Five goals in two games against the Bruins, I mean, that's uh, if you can play these games. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't know what it is about the Bruins, but I, uh, I find a way to score against them. Uh, so uh, it's good news for me, I guess, when I play the Bruins. You had 14 goals in the last two games here, and it's been really spread around. Is that maybe the best thing in the last two games? Yeah, we have really, you know, the thing is about us, we have four lines that are going. And, you know, if it's not the first two lines, the third and fourth line are chipping away and giving us huge goals and the goals we need. And it's good to see going on a stretch that you have four lines that can dictate the play and play some offense, and it's good to see. Read that's Patrick Maroon. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight. Maroon now up to 24 goals on the season. Dreisaitl also got his 24th. McDavid had three assists, but uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Maroon tied for the Oilers' goal-scoring lead. They all have 24. Yeah, I guess, I, I mean, most of his goals are from within 10 feet so when he was shooting for the empty net he, he wasn't as comfortable <laughs> and he was off on a couple of them by quite a bit hey, he did look a couple times he wanted to find a, a line mate and, and and most guys do most guys are unselfish when they get into an empty net uh territory they want to make sure that they don't uh not give another guy an opportunity if he's in a better spot but i think both mcdavid and dry were out there like no 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 we don't want this is your night uh, I'm sure tomorrow in practice or the next time they get on the ice, there'll be a bunch of guys standing at center and putting pucks there and say, <laughs> all right, here you go, Patty, try it again. It's a bit of a theoretical argument because if you're down three goals with four and a half minutes left, your odds of winning are Not minute. Good. <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, Clefbaum did take a holding penalty with 427 left. If you were, Ed Cassidy was kind of asked about it too. If you were, if you were him, would have you just pulled him with the power play and just said, what the heck? Absolutely. Well, there, there's two trains of thought there. There's one, you're down three, four minutes to go, game's over. Just just play it out. And then there's the other, you know what? We're playing to win no matter what the score is. When he didn't pull his goalie, to me, he's saying, you know what, guys? The game is over. Let's just play it out and just see what we do. But then he pulled it after the power play ended. And then it's like, okay, that makes no sense. Because you pulling the goalie means you're trying to win the hockey game still. You still have a, a belief, may not be a big belief, but you have a belief that you can still win. Well, if you have a belief at two minutes to go, why would you not have the belief at four when you have the man advantage and make it a six on four? You and I have been around and done enough hockey games. When a team is down a goal late in a game and they get a power play, it is a thrill to watch because all of a sudden, a six on four, it never leaves the offensive zone. They get chance after chance after chance, and the team that's penalty killing is holding on for dear life. So with four minutes to go, they have the power play. Why not pull your goaltender? You've got, I mean, right now you've got the leading scorer in the National Hockey League on your team. You're, you're playing well. You've got Bergeron, who you know is going to win the faceoff, because he always does, and, and, and put some pressure. You score all since the two-goal game. You never know. So I, I would have pulled my goalie, and then I did not understand the fact that he pulled his goalie after they had the power play that didn't score. 
Uh, you know what, Russ, being a Bergeron, one of the best face-off guys in the league, just under 60% coming in, takes 25 face-offs tonight, wins 13 for 52%. But our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors, life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers' worst face-off team in the league, actually 54% in the circle tonight. DeHarnay, 57%. Nugent Hopkins, 53, McDavid, 60, and Latestu, who also took 25 face-offs, just like Bergeron, also goes uh, 13 to 25 for 52%. Isn't that, I believe that's three games in a row that the Oilers have been the better face-off team. Because there, there was two games in a row that they were dominant. They dominated Pittsburgh and Montreal. I, I believe Dallas had a better percentage. Did they? Yes. Not that that helped Dallas very much. <laughs> No, no. Well, they needed uh, two goaltenders in that. The Dallas Stars did not winning face-offs. 7-4, the Oilers beat the Bruins tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063, and we'll bring Tony into the show. Hello, Tony. How are you guys tonight? We're great. So I have a question for you guys, and Reed will play both times. That's no offense to you, but, you know, um, with Davidson gone to Montreal, do they... For the expansion draft, do they now look at Ben Wapuliat, or is it possible that even DeHarnay, our newest uh, person that we acquired at the deadline, will be going to uh, Las Vegas? Well, DeHarnay is an unrestricted free agent at season's end, so he can go anywhere he wants because he's not signed. We'll do you think we'll resign him? Uh, it all depends on how the rest of the season goes and then goes into the playoffs and see what he does. I... I Honestly, I, I haven't looked real closely at the Oilers' protected list because they haven't protected anyone yet. But if I'm an expansion team, I'm looking at defense. And I don't know what else is going on around the league, but a Griffin Reinhardt, who was drafted third overall, who's still 24th overall, sorry, what's he, 22 now? If that, he is going to be made available. So to me, he becomes quite attractive. Now, I don't know what they have him rated if they think he's going to be a player or not but it's worth a chance if you're just taking a flyer on somebody with the Oilers why not take it on a guy that was projected to be a very good National Hockey League player 780-496-0063 Oilers beat the Bruins 7-4 we'll bring in Gary on the line hey Gary thanks for calling hey Reed Rob good evening guys thanks for taking my call it's been a while since I called wow you know what <laughs> this game is like the 80s uh Oilers. Um, surprised I didn't think there would be that many goals scored, but hey, the offense creates more excitement, I degree. And uh, Maroon, I wish Maroon had got a hat-trick last night, uh, tonight, and especially in the third period when they pulled their goalie to try and make a game of it, try to get close, I guess. Um, one thing I just wanted to put out, uh, just look at the stats here amongst the team after tonight's game. This is amazing. Uh, I don't recall the last 10 years that the stats we have shown right now, like you got, look, look, look at the totals. Total points, there's 16 Oilers on the roster with double digits in both assists and goals. You've got 12 Oilers with double digits in assists, and you've got eight Oilers presently after tonight's game with double digits in goals with three guys uh, competing for the top uh, uh, in the goals for the team here. It's amazing, you know, the balance of this team now and the way they're going right now. And I was surprised for two games they were able to score seven goals. And this team against Boston, too, I mean, they're a pretty even matched team and uh, with the shots, too. And uh, we just took it to them. We didn't hold back, and uh, they played very aggressively. And uh, I'm very happy to won this game tonight. 
Well, thanks for calling, Gary. I mean, obviously there's been tons of improvement for the Oilers this season, and they, it's goals per game, they're 11th. And in goals against per game, they're 10th. So in comparison to the rest of the league, they're actually slightly better defensively than they are offensively. And when was the last time we were able to say that about an Oilers team? Well, actually, yeah, it's true. I mean, when you have good goaltending, and earlier in the year, and we've talked about it many times, that the Oilers are a, a if you're picking an MVP of this team, for the most part, we've said, you and I, that Cam Talbot has been more important than Connor McDavid simply because he's given them a chance to win every single game. Now, Connor has continued to, to impress, and every time he steps on the ice now, he be, he's just as dangerous as he was in the first game. So if the Oilers wanted to become a, a playoff caliber hockey club, and that has, has been their goal, and it's been a goal that <laughs> has seemed to fade away as the seasons have gone on each of the last 10 years. They had to become a much better defensive team. And in the past, uh, there was cheating. There was um, a lack of responsibility and, at times, poor coaching. Well, now they got a coach who holds the players accountable. And ice time has been his caveat said all right if you want to get ice time you got to do what we want in our own zone you know Ken Hitchcock was a guy that said when you have the puck do what you want but when you don't you do what I want and I think that's what the others are doing they haven't given up anything on the offense but they've been much better much more reliable and honest in their own zone and they found out if you play good defensive hockey uh, you win hockey games and that's something that we have not seen enough of over the last decade. A 7-4 win for Edmonton over Boston. We'll finish the play with Aaron when we get back. You will also hear from Leon Dreisaitl along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime. Open this is Overtime Overline. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. That was blocked in front. Dreisaitl, high slot. Beautiful keep by Clefbaum to McDavid. In front, bridge shot, score! Beautiful one touch by Leon Drysaddle and Lucic might have guided that one in. That was a power play goal. The Oilers go three for six on the power play tonight. In the previous seven games, Boston had killed off 16 of 17 penalties and they have the number one PK in the league coming into tonight. So that was a big factor for the Oilers. Well, it was a huge factor. But if your goaltender is not making the saves, your penalty killing is not going to be successful. And the Oilers, or excuse me, the Bruins, obviously going through two goalies tonight, were not happy with the way their their goaltending was. Uh, the power plays and offensive plays and, and goals are all they're all streaky. And sometimes you get more chances with fewer results just simply because the puck doesn't find the back of the net. Well, the last couple of games, things are finding their way in. Things are finding holes. Uh, passes are, are, are getting through. Tips are going in the right places. And things are falling into place for the Edmonton Oilers. So you, the power play tonight was very good. And as you go forward into the playoffs, where the Oilers are going to be in a month, you have to have a few things to be successful. You have to have a good power play. You've got to be very good penalty killing. And you need good goaltending. And the Oilers, for the most part, have had all three of those things for most of the year. Their penalty killing is the one that needs to get better. But tonight they came up with a huge kill when the score, when they were it was at 6-3, 
going into the third period. They needed that kill. Well, no, it was 7-4. Sorry, 7-4. There, there seven, was four. no scoring in the third Seriously? period, believe it or not. It seemed like yes. there was more. But, yeah, so the 7-4, <laughs> they had to kill that penalty off at the end of the second and the beginning of the, of the third period. So they didn't. their penalty kill came through at the right time for them tonight, but that's the one area that they need to continue to get better at. So 7-4, the Oilers win it over Boston. Looking at the advantage trailer rental scoreboard, the Stars beat the Canucks 4-2. Alish Hemsky gets his first goal of the season. He's obviously hardly played this year because of injury, so good to see him get on the score sheet. Red Wings and Coyotes are 4-4 in overtime. The Kings still up 1-0 on the Sabres. Seven and a half minutes left. St. Louis leading San Jose 3-1 late. The Devils beat the Flyers 6-2. The Jets win 4-2 against the Islanders. Predators in overtime, 2-1 against Washington. Carolina gets a 3-1 win against the Wild. Columbus edges Florida 2-1. Chicago wins 2-1 in Ottawa. And the Maple Leafs blank the Lightning 5-0. 780-496-0063 is our call-in number. We have Aaron on the line who will also finish the play. So, Aaron, you've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Visit JetSetParking.com for more. But before we get to that, what's your thought on the game? Uh, hey, guys, just love the game. Um, obviously, the amount of goals and the physicality and the intensity and even the fights. So one of my comments was, or a question for you guys was, I wasn't very impressed with Chara there, how uh, when him and Cassian were about to fight, how he kind of pretended how he didn't want to fight. And then as Cassian skates away, then he goes at him to make a cheap shot. And I thought, you know, for his size, I mean, he doesn't need to play that game. Um, so I was, I was kind of hoping the fight was going to continue on. But, of course, you know, I think when the, when the rule is when the guys fall down to the ice, the, the refs got to jump in right away. But uh, So I was hoping to see uh, either another fight later on with Darrell. But uh, was just, have you guys ever seen something like that from him before? Or? I, I honestly think that Charo... I mean, Char doesn't want to fight. Char is a star on that team, and uh, they need him on the ice, and I'm sure they tell him, I'm, you don't fight, we don't want you. Cassian was looking for a fight. He went after him earlier. He hunted him down on that shift. He talked to him. He wanted to fight. Char didn't want to, and I think it's, it, when they saw that when Cassian dropped his glove or, or, or went after him and Char looked at the referee and the referee didn't call anything, I think at that point Char said, I've had enough and then did grab him. Uh, right. Char, I mean, Char, Char has fought all the tough. I mean, Char has never been one to shy away. Um, I think he was just a matter of he just was fed up. Uh, I'm sure the Boston Bruins didn't want him fighting at that moment. They needed him on the ice. Uh, yeah. Having said that, I, it, it did not look good. When you watch the replay, it's like, okay, now I'm going to grab you. So, yeah, no, it didn't look good, but no, Char is not that kind of player. All right, Aaron, let's finish the play. If you're right, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Bergeron, flick of the wrist, put it inside the Edmonton line. Now you've got Clefbaum, fired in by Lucic. Stick save made by Rask. Rebound, taken away from Bergeron. Lucic in front, quick shot. All right, that's a quick shot by Jordan Eberle. Goal or no goal? By Everly, uh, no goal. Bergeron, flick of the wrist, put it inside the Edmonton line. Now you've got Clefbaum, fired in by Lucic. Stick save made by Rask. Rebound, taken away from Bergeron. Lucic in front, quick shot to save made by Rask. Aaron, you're in the grand prize draw. Good stuff, buddy. Yeah, L.A. just scored up 2-0 on Buffalo with 5.20 left. 
Ed, you're our next caller. You're coming in uh, after the 11 o'clock news. Obviously, we want to bring everybody the main stories from the budget today and update the weather. The Oilers win 7-4 over Boston. Two goals for Maroon, three points each for McDavid and Dreisaitl. This is Live Canadian from the Terry Perez Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. Burt's Eberle, beautiful pass. Brent Scott score. Patrick Maroon. He had a hat trick in the January win over Boston, and he scores again tonight. That's the one that got it going tonight. Maroon's power play goal just 4.29 into the first period. Great setup by Jordan Eberle. The Oilers go on to defeat the Boston Bruins 7-4. We're inside Rogers Place. I'm Reed Wilkins along with Rob Brown. Want to quickly wrap up our face-off trivia question. Who holds the NHL record? Or pardon me, which Boston Bruin had 19 shots in one game? set an NHL record. I believe it was Raymond Bork, was it not? Raymond Bork against Quebec back on March 21st, 1991. The game ended in a 3-3 tie. The shots were 73-26. For Boston, Ron Tugnut made 70 saves. Bork had 19 shots. He scored on one of them. He's got to hit the net more. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, he was hitting the net. I, yeah, I guess. Tugnut was in the way. I remember that game. I remember watching it. I think it was Pretty sure it was Cam Neely that came out after the game and said it was the best goaltending display he had ever seen in his life. Neely had an assist. The other goal scorers for Boston, Ken Hodge and Nevin Markwart. Yeah, you can't, you can't hold Nevin back. And once he gets going, he is a force. Joe Sackick had three assists for Quebec. Their goal scorers were Mark Vermette, Randy Velischeck, and... Alexei Gusarov. There you go. Hey, you're taking me back to Meyer. I know all those guys well. Reggie Lemelin. Le- Reggie Lemelin, the goaltender for Boston. There's your face-off trivia tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Ed hanging on the line. Ed, thanks a lot for calling. Not a problem. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, Rask took the loss, did he not? Yes, he did. So if, if Boston would have scored one more goal, would that have changed? Yes, then? that's how they do it. It's whoever lets in the winning goal. It doesn't make a lot of sense all the time, does it? No, it doesn't. Like, he let in five goals, and the other guy only lets in two, and, and he, he would he would have got the loss. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know how that worked. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but there's some rules in, in, in the game of hockey that don't make sense at all, and that's <laughs> one of them. Oilers win at 7-4. Is that all from Ed, Kellen? Okay, I just wanted to ask. Cool. All right, uh, Patrice Bergeron. Rob and I call him one of the best all-around players in the game. Don't get a lot of argument there. Here he is for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. It's just a matter of getting down too big of a mountain to kind of climb. Especially yeah, I mean, even there, I don't. You know, we didn't play. We didn't play well. So, you know, I, I think uh, um, it was just a, an awful game by everyone, and you know, um, it's just a proof that you can't rely on. What we've been doing lately, you know, every night it's going to be a tough night, and we knew it was going to be a, a you know, a fast-paced game, and that's what they gave us. Going into the game, you talked about wanting to have the energy out there. Was this a matter of the bodies not catching up with the mental part, or vice versa? Uh, probably a little bit of both. I mean, uh, too many breakdowns defensively. You know, you get down by three goals uh, early on, probably before the 10-minute mark. So uh, definitely tough to catch up from there. Um, you know. Um, yeah, again, you know, I think uh, uh, our D zone coverage was, was 
nowhere to be found, and uh, you know I took advantage of that. Does that go for the PK as well? Yeah, you know uh, our, our old game was uh, um, was bad from from top to bottom, from the D zone to the PK to the power play. So um, you know it's it's you have to like I said, you know you have to realize that the, every night. Every game, every team, uh, you have to show up. You have to be good, and uh, um, you can't rely on uh, the success we've had lately. And hopefully, uh, we realize that and uh, we move uh, forward. This is the first kind of blowout game that you guys have had since Butch took over. Is it any easier to pack this this type of game? Well, I think you have to. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're in the race right now. We wanna uh, we wanna win. We wanna be uh, you know obviously in the playoffs and. Uh, we have 11 games now, and um, uh, we have to move on. Uh, we have to learn from it. You, you can't just uh, uh, say that it's going to be fine next game. You have to make sure you go back to the way we've been playing. That's Patrice Bergeron. Scott Johnson working in the Bruins' dressing room tonight. Bergeron not feeling good about the game, and I'm sure he feels awful about with 11 seconds left. He took a big slapper, hit Matt Bolesky up high. Uh, the Bruins tweeting out Coach Cassidy did not have an update on... Bolesky, just saying he's a hard-nosed kid. Hopefully he's all right. Always scary when the puck gets up in the head and neck area. I mean, Clad Clefbaum had that puck to the throat last game. No, it is scary, and you could see the blood as he was going off. He had the blood streaked across his face. Uh, it, it, it's hard, and especially at that point in the game. It's There's nothing in the game. The game is over, and you have a guy who's doing his job standing in front of the net, and your, your shot gets away from you. Obviously, it, he put it in a spot that it, he didn't want it to be because it was, you know, over the crossbar and it takes him off the head. So uh, it, it's tough. Um, hopefully, Bleski is all right. And I, I give credit to the Oilers fans who gave him a, a nice round of uh, applause as he got up and made his way off the ice. Just to uh, wrap up some scores here, the Kings do beat the Sabres 2-0. Aginla got his... 11th goal of the season, 30 sec, uh, 36 seconds into the third period. That's turned out to be the game winner for his new team. So, well, I mean, now the Kings uh, are more chasing Calgary at St. Louis than the Oilers, but the, the Kings remain uh, eight points back of the Oilers and uh, six points my math is wrong. Seven, here. seven points back of Calgary. I, I honestly updated on the fly. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't think it, it matters. I well, but, think, but but we yeah. want to tell people when they actually clinch and when true, whenever that true, happens, but it's not going to happen. The LA soon. Kings are not a good enough team to go 11 and two for the remainder of the season. They're going to have to do something like that to even have a shot, and, and they're not. Red Wings beat the Coyotes 5-4 in a shootout. The Blues win 4-1 in San Jose. Vladimir. Tarasenko gets two goals. He is up to 34 on uh, the season. Colton Pareko on the score sheet tonight as well for the St. Louis Blues. So the Oilers win 7-4. Rob, when you're coming out of the dressing room with a 7-4 lead going to the third period, uh, the Oilers had to kill that penalty. Is it I mean, sometimes the, the mindset is obvious, where it's like, okay, we're going to have to totally defend. I mean, you're up, you've already scored seven, so you know there's chances there to be had. Um, what, what's the mindset of a team coming out in that situation? Well, as a whole, the team understands the fact that the next goal is important. If Boston gets the next goal, then they're going to believe that they can win the hockey game. So you've you got to make sure you're, you're doing your job. And obviously, if, if you've given up four in the game, things have not gone perfectly. 
Uh, but also different players have different mindsets. The offensive players are coming out saying, we've already got seven by this guy. We can probably score ten tonight. The defensive players are coming out, okay, seriously, nothing's going right for us tonight. We've already given up four, and there's still 20 minutes to go. So different guys have different thoughts, but as a collective team, they're, you're coming out thinking, okay, five-minute segments. We get through the first five. That means we only have to go 15 minutes with a three-goal lead, and they just go it that way. You try and take it shift by shift. Well, and I noticed in the third period a couple of times, he didn't do it every time, but a couple of times when the puck was dumped in, instead of freezing the puck, Talbot let it go. It was almost like saying, you know, we're, we're going to run. I mean, if it, if it was safe to release it, because he was thinking maybe my guys are, are a little tired, but Boston's offensive guys are getting tired too. So in that case, I want the clock to keep rolling. Well, the clock is your friend, and it is the enemy of the Boston Bruins. So the, 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 the more it runs down, and you're watching it run down, it's better for you. So you don't want to, to take face-offs in your own zone, which teams have set plays off the face-off, and you already know that the Boston Bruins have Bergeron, who can win face-offs at will. So you don't want to give them that opportunity. And you just want to keep... It, 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 the faster the period goes, it seems like favors the team that's winning because the, tuck, the clock is ticking down and the opposition that's losing keeps looking up saying, okay, now we only got 18 minutes and we got to score three goals. Oh, now it's only 14 minutes and panic starts to set in. Oilers win at 7-4 over the Boston Bruins. We'll take a quick timeout and then you'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl who had three points tonight. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. The final tonight at Rogers Place, Edmonton Oilers 7, Boston Bruins 4. The Oilers have scored 7 goals in back-to-back home games for the first time since December of 1988. On the 4th, they beat the Rangers 10-6, and then on the 7th, they beat the Quebec Nordiques 8-3. The Oilers score 7 goals for the 4th time this season. The other two times, uh, or two of the times, were against Calgary, and then obviously Tuesday night against Dallas. Uh, the last time the Oilers, by the way, got to eight in a game was back on December 5th, 2013, when they beat Colorado 8-2, so uh, another uh, milestone they're still hoping to reach. Leon Dreisaitl hit a milestone tonight. He passes Marco Sturm for the most points in a single season by a German-born player. Here's Leon's postgame thoughts. Well, Leon, uh, 14 goals for your team now in the last two games. What seems to be going so well offensively? Um, you know, we have different lines uh, clicking. Uh, I think we're putting up a lot of pressure, and um, we just our lines just seem to um, seem to, uh, to have the puck pounds their way a little bit too. And, and in this league, you need that. And um, you know, it's nice to have different guys uh, stepping up and scoring. It was sort of a back and forth game, but uh, it seemed whenever they got close, you guys found a way to just sort of you know have that extra gear and pull away. Yeah, that's huge, uh, especially against a team like this that can score and uh, you know one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, you know, if you give one up, you have to make sure you have a good shift after that. And um, I thought we, we did a really good job of that tonight. I know you take pride in being a German hockey player. Um, to pass Marco Sturm uh, to get 60 points in a regular season, become the highest scoring a German point getter. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's. It's obviously a, a nice, uh, nice milestone, I guess. But um, you know, like I said before, I have a lot of respect for Marco and what he's done. And um, you know, I don't want to make uh, too big of a deal out of this. Read that, uh, Leon Drysaddle. Thank you, Brendan. Leon Drysaddle, a goal and two assists tonight. Connor McDavid, three points. Brad Marchand also had three points. So 
McDavid and Marchand tied for the NHL scoring lead. That'll be another fun storyline to watch as the season goes on. The immediate storyline for the Oilers, they're 3-2-1, six games into their eight-game homestand. They've won two straight. They'll try to make it three against Vancouver on Saturday. That's our next broadcast. We'll sign on with the face-off show at 6.30, and the game will start at 8. More on this game and on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 630Ched. The engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranis Team Broadcast Center. The final, Oilers 7, Boston 4.